Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. I feel warm. I feel warm. I'm moist. Let's do it. Hi, folks, and welcome to Zompocalypse Now. I am so starting it. When Curtis says, I feel moist, that is just the perfect place. Uh, this is Zompocalypse Now. I am Tim. I'm Dustin. And I'm Curtis. Now that at least one of us is moist, we're going to talk about Satanic Panic. Uh, last week, of course, we dived into the wonderful world of Fangoria-released films with porno. And we decided that this seemed like a fun way to spend some time. We're going to dive into more of the Fangoria catalog. Um, and while porno was a uh, uh, Cinestate purchased porno from when it screened at a film festival, uh, this is actually more in the wheelhouse of a <laughs> produced by uh, Fangoria film. And it is, well, like porno, it's a horror comedy. Yes. Um, and I I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> I did too, actually. I did too. That's it. it. That's, the end, that's the end of Zompocalypse now <laughs> for tonight, you guys. <laughs> we all liked it. It was very entertaining. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, last, last week I was complaining about that movie not feeling like a Fangoria movie, which you explained to me. They bought that and put it out. It wasn't for them. This is like, okay, what's our magazine about? How are we <laughs> going to reflect that in the movie? And it felt a lot more fun that way. Brought out a lot of the elements that I like about Fangoria. You put it into the movie, and it wasn't too terribly distracting. It was just written by a 12-year-old and performed by some people. <laughs> a 12-year-old and some people. Yeah. <laughs> It really was. I mean, do you got? I mean, I said it through the whole movie, and I apologize for that. But yeah, I mean, what did you think of the writing of this movie? Uh it was it was okay. I think that you know it's one of those things where, like, like you said, we all enjoyed it, so it's not terrible. Right, right. But right. but it, it, it's they don't talk the way people talk. They talk the way a kid imagines a grown-up would might talk. Mm-hmm. Or a... With all or the cussing a, in real yeah. weird ways. They deal, it deals with sex in a way that a little kid imagines sex is, you know? Well, but I also think, I also think that, that it's hard to really look at a comedy film in quite the same way that you would actually be looking at, um, you know, the a film with serious uh, intention here. I mean, cause this is, there's so much of this is like just ridiculously exaggerated. I mean, it's really hard to yeah. take this as, you know, here is, this is meant to be a realistic portrayal of anybody. No, well, was, no. well aside from motivational speakers, because it's clearly <laughs> uh, everything, all the motivational speaker aspects about this are exactly like if you've ever been to any 
uh, oh God, I mean, even if it's something as simple as trying to sell you a condo uh, or share in some, some condo deal, it's exactly this kind of thing. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, man. Do, oh, man. Do you want to be successful? Do you want to be powerful? Do you want to know the secrets of, you know, and it's just like, oh, my when God. I was, when I was working in the corporate world, um, it's a true story. I was a, a mediator at feedback sessions. Mm. That gives you a taste of the miserable hell that I was living in. <laughs> and I can totally see why Satan would be attracted to this kind of thing. Oh, I mean, it's it's so clear. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I mean, every everything makes sense as long as you think about it as oh, they're worshiping the Prince of Darkness. Makes complete sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> hey, you guys, I learned something today. <laughs> okay, so shall we? Yes. Break it uh, down. This movie um, begins with a tour of a very ritzy neighborhood. McMansions are everywhere. And there's a little girl dancing in the street, and she's wearing a white dress. She's so cute. And then it goes into one of the mansions, and you hear, like, huffing. A girl, like, you know, "Ah, ah, ah." and so they... uh, I was all like, what is that noise? Yes. (laughs) So they go upstairs, and it is a girl and a boy having sex. I was so surprised. And and the girl is like, oh my god, is that it? Like, are you done? And like he gets like gets up and walks in the bathroom and uh the boy the the camera follows her in the bathroom and she turns around and it's like, Mom, I'm so sorry. And then like a woman's hand comes out and slaps her head into the wall and she goes out and then she like chases the boy down the hallway and he's like, No, no, no and uh, and that's kind of where it ends for our little te- teaser. And I thought he was in trouble because that was his sister, but we we later determined, well, immediately later, uh, yeah. that, that it was not. They were not related. It was kind of a normal encounter. Yeah. I was of. expecting them to go there right off the bat. Satanic stuff. Go right to the brother-sister. I'm curious. Are you curious? Let's make a movie about it and put it on the web. <laughs> well, it is not brother and sister. It is a a normal everyday sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. Then we switch over to a girl in her pink bedroom playing guitar, and this is Sam. Our introduction to Sam, and she's playing a goofy song about Australia. And uh, and then it comes out, and she's showing this video to her friends on on her phone, and they're all like pizza delivery people waiting for their next uh, orders to go out. And uh, just standing in queue, waiting for waiting to be called out. The only, the only difference as, in, as someone who has been a pizza delivery guy, the only thing that was wrong with the scene is someone wasn't smoking. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it goes, you know, then, you know, we, we realize that this is Sam's first day at the job and she has to pay a $5 deposit for the, the heater bag or whatever. And, uh, it should have been covered in orientation. Right. And it's complete. No, you don't know. This is, this business is being run very, very poorly and she should not have even taken the job because this is clearly an amateur hour in the pizza delivery world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that guy's knows that he's like the first stop for every young teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Probably true. (laughs) 
You ain't looking for long term. Right. <laughs> um, so we get a montage of her going on her first her deliveries and there's a girl who a woman who wants her to pee on on a guy and and then there's uh there's a guy who's trying to push a couch into the house and he's like, My name's Sam too. It's the code of the Sams that you have to help me. And so she helps him push the couch in and this woman gives her a sweater and it's just, you know, dumb montage stuff. Fairly fairly true to form, actually, for pizza delivery world. Um, it's always a lovely example of people that you would not want anything to do with in the real world, uh, right. who you are hoping will give you money, and uh, they j- a lot of them don't. And yes, that's, that is Sam's experience. She does not get any money from any of these people. She gets ripped off by her boss, sexually harassed by some dude with a mustache. Her coworker, yeah. On a tip. It's not going well for her. No, she's all. not having a great time. A racist lady gave her a sweater. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> one, of the, one of the early really funny lines is, and a sweater that smells like racism. <laughs> they, it had, like, yeah, little gems like that. Little gems. And so, uh, so they go, she goes back and this guy, Duncan, he's the mustache guy. He's trying to like, um, he's trying to like get her to like, give it up. He got her this job and like, now we're going to, we're going to do it, do it with the sex. You owe me something wet. Yes. (laughs) And she's like, ew, no. She handles it like a champ too. She's like, I don't need anything. I'm good. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have any interest in you. (laughs) I barely know what you're talking about right now. She was, I mean, I like that little, that, that, that development in her character that she's like, I totally, uh, whatever. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) Uh, And so the final delivery of the night is to uh, a rich part of town and it's out of their delivery, delivery area. And so she's like, I'll take it. Call it S-Town. Yeah. And uh, and so she's going out. She's like, hey, why do they call this S-Town? And they go, oh, it's for stiff. They never never tip out in this rich area. And so she's like, well, crap. So she brings the pizzas, and she goes to the house, and she sees a little girl in the white, and she waves at the little girl, and the little girl waves back. And, uh, and... She goes to the door and gives a pizza, and the guy doesn't give her a tip. And this pisses Sam off. Well, she's, I mean, she's fucked because she's got no gas money. Now. Right. She's doing a job that makes no that does not pay except for tips, and she has not gotten tipped all day. It's not fair. No. And so she decides she's going to break into this house and 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 uh, demand a tip. Yeah, she's just trying to track somebody down. She. You know, can spin this into maybe somebody made a mistake, but as you know, obstacles happen. She gets a little bit more and more direct about it. Yeah, but you know, she finally does find somebody. Can't remember what happens after that. What what happens? Uh, she's trying to tell them, like you know, she goes into this room and Rebecca Romaine Stamos is there. Oh no, not Stamos anymore. She's now married to uh, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Uh, but Rebecca Romaine is there with Wait. her. What? Wasn't that Jerry O'Connell in the movie? Yeah. I get why those guys decided this would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get it now. Yeah. 
Oh, Rebecca Romaine has chosen, I think, ever since she decided to become an actress, she has almost exclusively chosen her roles as what's going to be the most fun for me to do. And Jerry, she and Jerry O'Connell seem like they would just be hilarious to hang out with. Like every once in a while, you'll see people like, like, like celebrity couples like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Like that would not be a couple that I would want to talk to at all. Oh, like a dinner party at their place. Yeah, like, no. like if you were, if you, if you went over to somebody's house and Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were there, like at the barbecue, you would just be like, <sighs> uh, like after a little while, you'd be like, no, that's okay. You have to talk about <laughs> world issues all night. All yeah. right, yeah, Tibet. Oh goodness. Of course, now they're divorced, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But if I walked into a party and Rebecca Romaine and uh, and uh, Jerry O'Connell were standing there. I would be like, awesome. Yeah. What are we going to How long till he takes off his shirt and shows us his weird body? <laughs> yeah, they, they can be fun without drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah. and, and think about how all this has worked out for her. She's been in Austin Powers. She's been in the X-Men movies. She did uh, uh, one of the uh, more underrated film noir-ish movies, Femme Fatale. Oh yeah, what mo- what year was uh, what year was this movie? Satanic. Panic? This movie was uh, uh, twenty nineteen. No shit. Yeah, it was last year. Um, but she's played Lois Lane in the animated DC universe. She's done Star Trek. She did The Librarians. She's done a ton of genre work. Oh yeah, she's a huge uh, genre actor. Um, but she's been you know Jim Chuck. She's done Mad TV. She's done all kinds oh, of stuff. Yeah. She's had a, she's had a, if you look at her, if you look at the stuff she's done, it's like clearly she's having a good time. And she works a lot, too. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, you know, for, for someone who is as, as supermodel attractive as she is, she's never became like a super big movie star. But she's worked, she's basically chosen the character actor route. Yeah. And she's done to with it. I have to wonder if that's just because, you know, she didn't want to be like that. Well, I think that's probably part of it. And I think also um, her, you know, she was a model for a really, really long time. And so her introduction to acting was genre stuff. Oh, yes. So I think that when you like, if you, that's your first introduction, when you, you know, you get to, you get to learn that, like, that's what teaches you how to do movies. That's what you kind of stick to in a way. But I think a lot of it is she just, you know, decided I'm not going to try and become, you know, some indie darling or whatever. I'm going to do what's fun. And if it, you know, if it's awesome, it's awesome. And I think she's made some really great choices over her career. Well, and if you think about it, she's a great combo with Jerry O'Connell because he's done this pretty much the same thing. You look at, you know, Stand By Me is where a lot of us who are of a certain age first saw him. But he's done Police Academy. He's done uh, Joe's Apartment. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, He's done the Scream movies. He's gotten to do the DC Universe. He's he's Superman. He was was on Sliders. (laughs) Oh, yeah. For years. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's been he's been doing all kinds of stuff, and most of his stuff is comedy because he's got got good Funny timing. Man. But he's definitely been he's definitely been uh, you know again somebody whose career has just been really really consistent over the years. He's he's been working steadily since 
1986, which is an actor you can't complain about. No. So anyway, um, they're in this movie. (laughs) So, but Rebecca Romaine is doing this like presentation and it's like the, the biggest like Lululemon sales, uh, Ziggy Ziggler. Yeah. Like (laughs) she is, she is pitching, a set, you know, sales to these people, and like, do you, she's like, do you want to be successful? Yes. Do you want to make you know more money? Yes. Do you want to worship Satan? And they're like, yes. And- I think I think this was like this was like a the home version of the Promise Keepers for Satan. Yeah, because I've seen well, pro- I went to I went to Arrowhead Arena, home of the Chiefs, for a Promise Keepers convention. Oh. And that's what was going on. Everybody was cheering for Jesus, like there was a sporting event going on. But well, uh, it's between yeah. that and multi-level marketing. I mean, it's basically yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's what I thought. I thought it was Amway. I honestly thought it was Amway. <laughs> Satan way. Satan way. <laughs> she um. Sam does not hear any of this. She is looking for her tip. And when it showed the receipt, this was an over $100 order, which means that if she's getting even 10%, 10, 15%, she's getting 15, 20 bucks. Funny thing, okay, so the funny thing about this is like all this Satan worship talk is happening around, uh, around Sam, and she does not hear a word of it. Like she is so focused on getting that tip. <laughs> oh, yeah. That she does not hear a single word of like we're gonna worship the devil, we're gonna sacrifice a virgin. They're going hail <laughs> Satan, and she's like, "Excuse me, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> I, I need my fifteen dollars, please." <laughs> Maybe if you guys could all give me a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> pass the helmet around. <laughs> and they're like, "Why are you here?" And she's and she tells them, and they're like, "Wait a minute." Are you a virgin? And I love this part because she says it a couple. She's like, that's a very personal question. Like, yeah, she's a virgin. (laughs) And the reason they're asking if she's a virgin is because their plans for the evening have gone slightly awry. Yes, because the girl who was supposed to be their sacrifice was the girl from the beginning of the movie who got her virginity uh, taken away. Uh, or, or gave away her virg- her vagine. Uh, <laughs> and so now they don't have a sacrifice to Baphomet. Well, they do now. Ba- Baphomet. Yes. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they, were, they were thinking there was an issue, but luckily, Sam happens along at just yeah. the right time. Or yeah, and, and, lu- and luckily, Rebecca Romaine has a handful of sleeping powder just right. right there, just handy. Didn't even have to leave the room. It was always there because well, Satan. She, yeah, because Satan. There we go. There's just right there. Yeah. There's a whole lot of because Satan in this movie, and often it's very funny. Yes. Poach mm-hmm. knocks her out again. Out she goes. And she wakes up in a room with Jerry O'Connell, <laughs> which, you know, you know, of the rooms you could wake up in. <laughs> But he's like, you know, hey, we're all going to die. You're going to die. I'm going to die. They're going to kill us for uh, for Satan. And and Sam's like, no, they're not. <laughs> and like, I love the, the first the first like 20 minutes of this movie is just Sam going from crazy situation to crazy situation going. This doesn't 
happened. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the first act of the film is her kind of being like, huh? Mm -hmm. Uh, So she she's trying to get out and uh, and can't get out of the room. And Jerry O'Connell asks her if she's a virgin, and she's like, that's a very personal question. And he's like, oh well, I'm gonna you know get you rid of your virginity so that we can. we can stop this ritual. And uh, of course that's horrible because it's like a, you know, a rape scene at the first 15 minutes of this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, gets- I, this is, this is uh, something I wanted to bring up was, was um, when I found out that uh, this movie was actually directed by a woman, mm-hmm. what I'm going to say, I'm hoping won't come out wrong and be terrible, but right. here we go. Here we go. Um, this was supposed to be, since it was written by a 12-year-old boy, a hilarious attempted rape scene. Yeah. I don't think that you're going to find a female director who's going to direct it that way. And so all of Jerry O'Connell's attempts at bits, they don't. it doesn't work with the writing. Yeah. Well, I think that... Um some writers think that the best way to show your female character is in peril yes, is to put her in a sexually violent situation yes. or to show that she's strong and that she can overcome or whatever is to show her be put in some sexually violent situation. When honestly, all you need to do is show that your female character is strong or can overcome or, or whatever is to show her being strong and overcoming or whatever, just well, like you I, would do for your male character. And I would definitely agree. Uh, but there's a couple of things here that, that is just weird for me. First of all, I recognized, I knew I recognized the name of the writer. Uh, it's a guy named Grady Hendrix. And I've actually got one of his books. He's, I've got the audiobook on my phone, uh, horror store, which is think of, I think of Ikea as uh, you know, uh, a gateway to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's a very clever it's a very clever uh you know retail hell store uh book but guy's got a sense of humor is what you're saying he's got a sense of humor but there's also a weird thing in that the premise of this film is we have this we have to sacrifice a virgin to baphomet so that we can you know serve satan Part of the built-in humor, and I'm air-quoting here, is that we have the girl who is a virgin who is a danger. So there's almost a built-in kind of how do we we keep her? How do we save her? She's not a virgin anymore. So you you have two options, which is, and and I I don't, part of me says lazy writing, but part of me also is having a hard time coming up with a way to get around this just off the top of my head, which is you either have her hook up with a male character just to have sex. Mm -hmm. And we already established that the one guy who really, really is into her, she's like, no. No. Um, And then you have the, the creepy, you know, unethical guy who just tries to save his, who's trying to save his own life, Jerry O'Connell's character. And so you're kind of left with, two crummy ways of dealing with this situation in terms of a realistic way of dealing with this. And in a, in a movie like this, first of all, playing rape for comedy is creepy, gross, creepy and wrong. Unacceptable. Um, um, no, you guys, 
you can make that funny. You can make that funny. You can make cancer funny. You can make anything funny. Even necrophilia can be hilarious. If you, if you write it right and you make it okay in the context of the movie, and this did not achieve that. Right. I, I, and I think part of it is, is the scene is, there's a power imbalance here visually. He's much bigger than she is. And then when, you, when, they're lying, when they're on the ground and they're doing little slap, essentially what is it, a slap fight bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's, the problem is, is that because he's so much bigger than she is, it doesn't look like the physical comedy bit it's trying to be right there. Right. And so I think, I think, I, and I don't, you know, I, I don't know if, honestly, if, if she, they were the exact same size, I don't necessarily think it would be any better because it's, it's a scene that we're all uncomfortable with. Right. Um, but so. but it's it's one of those I think that there you know it, there's a lot of layers in in putting any kind of sexual assault scene in a movie uh that I mean we could spend a whole you know a long time in critical analysis of sexual assault in movies if we really really super wanted to but that's not what we're about so no No, i was just trying to raise a point that i thought that that was supposed to be funny i think that in a i i can see how it is but i you know i agree with tim i think that you know when you have somebody you know a over six foot tall man like you know Jerry O'Connell is and a tiny little five foot nothing girl you know it would have been it would have been a funnier scene later in the movie when she realizes she has to lose her virginity for her to be trying to get out off with somebody who doesn't a guy who doesn't want well uh, it, it comes back, it, like it comes, that would be a good way to do it that would have been a nice way to button that hole yeah but it, but it also comes back yeah it, it comes back to the the fact that that and i realize we're going on a serious tangent but it was a comedy movie here but the the fact is is that since rape is about power and power and control it's not you're automatically in a situation here where I'm go. I'm going to save you whether you like it or not, which mm-hmm. is essentially what he says. It's an attempt to be funny using something that is not funny, and it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. Didn't work for me. Yeah, everybody tried. I mean, I, I'll give him credit for. How did she get out of that though? Um, he holds a gun on her. Well, wait, he's... No, for the phone rings. Oh right. It's Duncan. And so she's like, Duncan, you gotta come help me, you gotta come help me. And he's like, What? What's going on? And and then somehow Jerry O'Connell ends up with a gun. I'm not even a gun guy. Yeah. And oh, she first because his name is Samuel in the movie. At first she tries the code of Sam's on him, which is Sam's have to help each other out. And he's like, Ah, no, we're not we're not doing that. <laughs> and so then I, he, it's this is a dumb device that they're using with the Sams. Right. Everybody's name is Sam somehow, and it leads to something which we'll get to later. Right. It's a, so, it's a check off Sam. Yes. Yes. They're they're trying to you know we're they're trying to help us remember this whole code of Sam's thing by having at least four characters in the movie be named Sam. When <laughs> my dad's name is Sam, and I have literally only met like three other Sams in my entire life. Well, apparently there's fucking millions. Yeah. Seven million, seven million in the world, according to this right. show. Wow. 
So anyway, there's no code of Dustin's, by the way. In fact, I've actually noticed with this is notwithstanding myself that Dustin's tend to be assholes. Like we don't really want anything to do with you. And when we see another Dustin, we're not like, oh, name twin. We're like, oh, this jerk. Curtis's can't wait till you take their money in some kind of shady business deal. <laughs> uh, there's the Tome of Tim, but uh, that's a <laughs> story, and we're not going to go into that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> there's a secret meeting of Timothy's. That's right. <laughs> the Council of Timothy's, where we all conspire against you. You know what you call a group of Tims? A Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Curtis. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually a terror of Timothy's. A terror of Timothy's. You don't want to get two Dustins in a room because we'll just we'll thinking ways to to because there can only be one. Like we're going to think of ways to to make you to discredit the other one in front of you. You know. Yeah. You know, it's just bad. Anyway, so uh, so Jerry O'Connell pulls out a gun on her. And he is going to be like, well, if you're not going to let me have sex with you, you're not going to let me rape you. I guess I could just kill you. And so he goes to shoot her and nothing happens. And like he said before, he's not a gun guy. So he like turns the barrel on himself. He's like, what's what's going on here? And the gun goes off and shoots him in the neck. In a beautiful practical effects shot. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. It was just delicious. This what whole film do. is full of that. It, oh. just of cheerful amounts of, of bloodletting and gore and, and practical effects. It's it's Tim, Tim who who's a special effects supervisor on this movie? Uh, With zero no. CGI, by the way. I'm afraid I don't know. We'll see if we can find that. I'll look that up on IMDb while we're talking. It deserves a shout out for sure. Yeah. So anyway, um Sam somehow escapes this locked room once this guy is shot. And she goes running off through the neighborhood. And uh, she runs up to this house, and this girl lets her in, a, a girl around her age. And she's like, I was just almost raped. And the girl's like, oh, no, that's terrible. Come in and let me help you. And I'm she, babysitting. I'm babysitting. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so she, you know, brings out, you know, there's two little boys, two little jerky boys in the other room. And she, like, goes and, like, gets her a shirt to wear and, like... And uh, and every time she comes back in the room, she's got something else for Sam. And then Sam's like, have you called the police? Like, oh, oopsie-doo. I forgot. <laughs> oopsie-doo. <laughs> and, uh, and so she uh, so she goes to say she called, you know, Sam keeps hearing muffled screams coming from upstairs. And uh, so the girl brings her a soda, and she's, like, about to go check out the muffled screams from upstairs. And one of the jerky boys from the other room comes and drinks the soda. And then he says, if you tell anybody I drank this soda, I'm going to tell them you touched my butt. And she's like, what? And so, so, (laughs) then she like goes back out into the hallway and there's a thud and she walks in and that kid has fallen on the ground. (laughs) The kid says, He's dead. <laughs> Which I thought he was just overreacting at first, but no, I believe that that child actually died. Well, they implied that he was in a diabetic coma. Yeah. But and, I don't think they know what that's like. Well, you know, except, uh, you know, 
like the murder boner this entire neighborhood has on um i'm pretty sure that that he's dead (laughs) and so she you know the the girl the babysitter's like oh i'm gonna do whatever and so then the other kid comes and tries to tries to to he 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 tasers her (laughs) yeah where does little kid get a taser i love this family yeah they are thorough people Right. And so so she like knocks him down and he hits the wall and you can hear a crunch when he hits the wall. Yeah. So there's the second person. This is the third person that she has either seen die or has accidentally murdered. Just blipped him right in the head. <laughs> so then she runs upstairs and the babysitter catches her upstairs and then this third girl comes out of the room. She's got this huge dildo that looks like a drill on yeah, it's, it's like, like an auger drill of so you know. Yeah. Would they end up calling it? Oh, a killdo. Yeah, the killdo. Yeah. And so she's like, "What is happening?" And so there's a struggle on the on the landing, and she ends up Sam ends up pushing the babysitter into the killdo, and so that girl gets killed. And so then the girl wearing the killdo is like, "I'm gonna get you!" And so she goes to ram Sam with the killdo, and Sam jumps out of the way, and the killdo goes into the wall. And elect- it hits like an electrical wires or whatever, and then electrocutes the girl wearing it. Now, I could tell by the way this was edited and that you barely saw the prop that this was a poorly executed prop. Yeah. Um, but they did it. But it was still a hell of a lot of fun because they didn't overshow it. Yeah. And we essentially got to see what we needed to. And then they moved on. Right. So in the other room is the girl from the very beginning of the movie, and her name is Judy, and she has been tied up, and uh, she was going to be, uh, I guess, raped to death with the killdo. And uh, I guess that was the plan. But yeah. she had a she had a courtesy towel draped over her butt crack. Yeah, I don't know why they were so considerate in that regard. Uh, because yeah. her contract said no full nudity. No nudity at all. And that was fine with me. Right. Well, she's supposed to be a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah, but she'd already boned, so if we saw her butt, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like, ah, she's aware. Right. (laughs) So Sam unties Judy, and the two of them, uh, Judy's like, well, we have to try and get out of here the best we can. first, First Judy is like, uh, you're stupid and, and ugly and poor. Go away. Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh, you've killed all these people. Huh, okay, you might be useful." <laughs> God, I, I did. And then soon after that, it's like the, the, the we're friends now. I hate those scenes in every single movie. Why can't people just remain kind of acquainted and be like, "Okay, see you around at the end," you know? Well, I mean, we're so. How else are we supposed to care for these girls if we don't learn anything about them, Curtis? I, I, I don't. Where are we going to anyway? Well, but again, I think we're looking at you know. You're there's this movie. I mean, come on, we had Amway for Hell. Literally, I'm gonna back up. I'm gonna back a- up. I was really rooting for our our protagonist heroes there for that entire time that they were winning. You know. Mm-hmm. So, really so, like those guys. so you're 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 amending com- your statement. I'm and completely saying- reversing it. Yeah, okay. uh, that, that was just me being snarky. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, again, like I said, you have to. We have to learn about our characters for us to feel anything about them. That's why they had their little bref- Breakfast Club moment in the middle. I get that it's necessary, but I'm still like, oh, you guys, cut it out. Right. So anyway, um, they they leave this house and they go to another house and uh, Judy breaks in the liquor cabinet. She's like, we're just going to, you know, like puts, puts uh, salt around the doors and stuff. Uh, and she's like, we're just going to hang out here until morning or until they catch us. <laughs> and, you know, and what Sam's like, when I was married, I would come home and there'd be salt across the threshold. And I'd really? be like, yeah, cause I married a witch. Ah. Um, or it was amazing what you put up with, but you know, that's what happened. One of my literally, one of the, fa- well, I don't know why we didn't talk about this when it happened, but one of the funniest lines in the whole movie is these are Satanists. They're, they're going to, they're going to, uh, uh, sacrifice you and kill you and do all these things. And Sam's like, my neighbor is a Satanist and he's a vegan, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> well but little he, gems man little. and this is a recurring theme for sam throughout the entire film just her her expressions her responses are a constant litany of this can't actually be happening right can it? yeah <laughs> i think that's you know again like like i said probably the first 20 or 30 minutes of this movie is her going this does not happen <laughs> why are we what is going on uh, so, so, uh, uh, they find the house where they killed all the children. <laughs> oh, no. First, first, uh, uh, Rebecca and company come across, uh, Jerry O'Connell's Sam dead. Yeah. Dying. Dying. And, and then she does, she's like, uh, she's like, oh, Samuel. Oh, this is so sad. Um, hang on, and she ha- takes off her jewelry and rolls up her sleeve and reaches inside his neck. Just a gorgeous shot. And at first I'm thinking, is she going for the bullet? Not elbow deep. What the yeah. hell? She's like, they, oh. got, <laughs> they got every dime out of that prop on video. That, mm. was, that was lovely. And, she's and you know what? It's not impossible soul. either. Well, uh, by the way, since, since you asked, the art department... Uh, is the production the the makeup department guys are uh, Lauren Adams and Elizabeth Martin, who are the makeup artists and key makeup artists. Uh, Tate Steinsek and Chris Wilkes were the special effects people. Thomas Moser was the visual effects artist, and uh, art direction was by a lady named Charlotte Golden. So they did a really really good job with the the practical effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. Good solid staff. Because, uh, yeah, she then pulls out what is apparently, uh, I did not know that the soul looked like uh, a, a very odd internal organ. Kind of a meat pancake heart thing. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently it does. So just so you know, in case you were wondering, and if you go in through the neck and reach around and, and reach around for it, it's slippery. We, we, she but it's in there. But it's in there. So just so you know, uh, don't try this at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to go elbow deep for that. And then they take it to the kitchen because they're going to bake cook, bake yes, it for what is, what 400 degrees for 40 minutes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it fill it with basil, dandelion assholes, and graveyard muff. Yeah. 
and it's so matter of fact. It's just yeah. you know, it's just like go do this. Don't don't use the good pan. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so at some point uh, during all of this stuff, uh, they go and retrieve the soul, and it has it has tripled in size because it's been baked. <laughs> and uh, and Ro- and Rebecca Romaine uh, feeds it some blood and gives it Sam's shirt. And but how does she feed it blood? Oh, how does she do it? Very sexily. Yeah, she cuts her finger and lets it drip into this tiny little prolapse that's coming out of the... And then she just starts fingering it. And it's a long shot, too. It's like she's mm-hmm. like pretending to get it out, you know, that her face is like, ew. But the shot is her, like, just kind of going after it. Yeah. 12-year-old. <laughs> Curtis believes a 12 year old wrote this movie he's <laughs> older than that he is he is older than that. I don't know what happened to him when he was 12 then because that's he was bit- where he's going to be he was bitten by a satanist and he's never gotten over it it's true <laughs> so then they take this thing and they give it they found Sam's bloody shirt or bloody jacket or hoodie or whatever and then they put that in the pan with it and it flies away because like zips too it's like it's on a rocket yeah it's like it's because satan that's really what it is you know if as was going godspeed or would that be devil speed well i think that's just a system of measurement i don't think there's any allegiance there okay fair enough satan speed is like slightly slower (laughs) (laughs) is that how it works yeah it's kind of like the foot in the meter you know, you, like, you almost get a yard out of a meter, right? It's kind of the same. Oh, okay, fair enough. So uh, this thing somehow gets past the the salt that Judy left. Like literally, like it looks like it blows the salt away. Even though Judy was like really like they can't get past salt without counting every grain. I know. I really wanted to see that. That was a that was a checkoff moment. They didn't yeah. pay off. Well, I mean, but they're doing again. They're they're setting up rules of the world so that they can use it later. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so the creature gets in and becomes a blanket and tr- <laughs> tries to uh, <laughs> tries to attack them. But Judy saves her and like puts the blanket in a closet or whatever in the and, freezer. In she the freezer. gets it wet and then freezes it. Yeah, because apparently that's how you do it. Right. And so they get away again. Oh, no, they don't get away again. They stay at this house for a little while because they have their their bonding moment at this house. Their little spells are kind of imaginative. I was just thinking about that, mm-hmm. that, that to, 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 to keep this demon from coming at them, she wraps it in a sheet, gets it wet, and then freezes it in the freezer. Right. That is cool. Never seen that before, you know. Yeah, and and they do things like that. They're just making it up. They they well, just pull think, things right out of hats. Well, the the best um, the best spell sequence is coming up. Uh huh. Because uh, Rebecca Romaine's little underling Gypsy, yeah, uh, is not happy that Gypsy is does not think Gypsy is handling this well. Not think she's doing a good job, and so she wants to take over. And so she asks for Judy's hair, 
then she said, and then Rebecca Romaine's like, we don't want to kill her. Right. And, and we're like, oh, apparently her hair will do that. Yeah. Well, then they have this ritual where uh, Gypsy does a, uh, has a wax doll, uh, apparently with Judy's hair in or around it somewhere. And starts doing all these things like dripping blood on it, and Judy's eyes start bleeding, and and uh, and then pokes pins in it, and then the the ends of the pins come out of Judy's fingers. That was awesome. And you know, and all the while Judy is is teaching, uh, has written down the spell and said to to uh, Sam, write this all over my body. They did not paint the silicone uh pieces well they got their skin tone was there was no modeling to it it didn't look good no it looked too smooth and perfect but but so they did a lot of that was i thought a really good you know shot of of oh yeah it was all great cool shit Mm -hmm. i loved it when it was coming out like below her eyes in that bone because they held on it and you could tell that's that I can imagine during this time what that might feel like. Right. Right. Oh, we missed the best part. I'm sorry. One of the, one of the best parts. There's a lot of best parts in this movie. I think Um, when they go to the house where Sam has killed all of those children, um, the parents (laughs) go upstairs. They come down like she killed our kids. And, and, uh, (laughs) and, and Rebecca Romaine is like, well, did you did you kill our did you kill my daughter? Like I asked you to? And they're like, we gave her to the girls. They were so excited about killing her. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it was that I thought was really, really funny. I liked that. It's and, all, again, it's all very matter of fact. It's all very much just I told you to kill my daughter. Why yeah. did you screw this up? Right. <laughs> And then later, the house that they're having their little their little powwow in is Gypsy's house. And Sam goes to look for a shirt, and she sees these pictures in the in the closet where the shirts are because that's where you keep pictures. Um, I guess rich people keep pictures in the closet. Well, they they got they got a lot of pictures. Yeah, they're gonna have to go in the closet too. Right. So there's there's a sequence of frames, and in the first frame it's Gypsy and her husband and their two kids. And the second picture, it's Gypsy and her husband and her two kids. And the third picture is a like a kid drawing of Gypsy and her husband and their two kids, like drawn by a little child. And the fourth is Gypsy and her husband. It's a kid drawing of Gypsy and her husband. And one of the kids is hanging in a tree bleeding. <laughs> and the other kid is watching. Yep. And then the fifth picture is just Gypsy and her husband and their daughter. oh and we i forgot to mention that she sees the little girl in white again uh sam does when she when they escape the house where they killed all the children oh yes yes so um anyway uh in one there's having this little power so they judy is able to convince sam to write this incantation all over her skin and while she's doing it she's got to tell me a story you got to tell me you know, to keep your mind off the fact that you're doing this thing. If you don't do it right, I'm going to die. And, uh, and the story that Sam tells is that she met her boyfriend 
the boy that she loved in uh, oncology for children's cancer. And uh, he, they went through chemo together and they kind of fell in love and she got better and he didn't. And when she got out of the hospital, she wouldn't, she couldn't face going back there. And so she never went back to see him and he died and she's very upset by that. And so that I thought was a good moment, a good character moment where we learn a little bit about Sam. Oh yes. Well, it also kind of explains the fact that, you know, it, it gives a reason for her to be a virgin at 22. Yeah. Uh, It gives a reason for her to be this, to be her really her first job. I mean, it, it actually gives you a way to, to kind of make it, feel in the middle of a film, which is clearly not taking itself seriously to make you actually feel an actual moment of sympathy for someone who is clearly meant. I mean, she's, she's clearly the main character. She's the character you're rooting for, but it's a comedy. So, you know, there it's a different, it's a different vibe than doing like a serious drama. Right. Yeah. So, yeah and her, and her story wasn't this sort of we're like, well, you know, I, everything's been going well lately, but I spent seven years in a mental institution for murdering someone, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. You know, right. that old chestnut. About this time, uh, Gypsy realizes that Rebecca Romaine obviously taught Judy some stuff from the magic book because she knows how to, to counteract the spell that, that Gypsy tried to put on her. And uh, so Gypsy gets really mad. And about the same time that Gypsy's getting really mad, Rebecca Romaine has called Duncan to the house <laughs> to, to try and get some information on Sam. And how does he, or does she want to do it? Oh, she drugs him and then makes him spit up his own, uh, his own internal organs that was very gates of hell. I yeah. enjoyed that. Oh yeah, no kidding. And and you know, she uses the time to to read his internal organs to get the to, you know, to which of course is a classic, you know, usually people do that with gutting someone with a knife, but you know, if you're going to get them yeah. coked up in magic and and all the things, sure, why not? Sure. And so about the time that Rebecca Romaine has has uh, discovered where, like, looked at the organs and knows where Sam and Judy are. Gypsy comes in and she's like super mad and she's like, "I can't believe that you you taught her magic spells." And Rebecca Romaine is like, "I'm about to tell you where they are." And then uh, somebody stabs her in the head with a pike, and she goes down. Would you say, Jan? What did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah, that's right. Right, and and so so then I guess Sam and Judy come up with a plan to like trick them or something because Judy calls Gypsy and tells her we're at essentially like we're we're at we're at your house, and so all the all those Satanists go to that house, but they're already gone and running through the woods. And they left the little demon thing in a closet. Right. So when they, it's bumping around, well, the, the first guy who opens the closet gets his throat slit by the demon thing, which, you know. Yeah, some dude we didn't. I don't know who that was. Somebody's cousin. Matter. There's a whole lot of faceless cultists in here. I did want to say that there is a, uh, uh, well, a non-faceless 
cultist, uh, Danielle, who has no dialogue. She, uh-huh. Yeah. She's Danica's uh, kind of uh, lackey, except she turns on Danica too. But she's like, she's always there. And she's always like looking up. She's completely silent. We see her actually chanting along with everybody else, but we never hear her. Yeah, she never says any words. She's just constantly just standing there. And the actress uh, who plays her is just so, I mean, she's she's completely acting with her eyes. Yep. Mm -hmm. And she's doing a really, really fantastic job. Um, And again, character has no dialogue. Are we ever going to get, I I was rooting for her to have a line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but she, she, that's probably, that's, yeah. Yeah, she was making the most of her time on that set, and I appreciated it very <laughs> much. And I think, I think actually that's why the, the, the little suck-up character works, because she never actually does speak. Right. She's, she's just, you know, even when she betrays Danica, Danica can't even bring herself to hate her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's a little bit in the forest where... where uh, where Sam is attacked by a tree, but Jody's able to save her, and they move on, and uh, uh, they're about to escape, but through the power of the devil, Rebecca Romaine has survived being stabbed in the head. And through so, the power of the devil, yes. Yes. And, and so, no other reason. She just right. wakes up, yanks the thing out of her head. Okay, what's next? And so she gets, she gets them. She catches them. And they think they're going to escape, or they're going to try and escape, but it doesn't work. And they both end up chained to the altar to Baphomet, who was supposed to be birthed through uh, Sam's virgin womb. Curiously, um, they're dressed like a discount Cher and a discount Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I thought was... Cher on a boat, yeah. This is is Cher on a boat, and Taylor Swift in I think about uh, two or three of her videos Um, but then because they're tied up when Rebecca Rebecca Romaine shows up in that hat (laughs) the vacuum formed red skull hat it's it's H.R. Giger by way of Victoria's uh, Secret Victoria's Secret yeah and shop vac it's great (laughs) And we, we all of a sudden sat there and went, yeah, this is exactly why Rebecca took this movie. So she could wear that hat. Yes. That's exactly what this is. <laughs> I was trying, I was looking at her. I was trying to imagine what the conversation might've been like between she and the director when she got a load of her, her uh, wardrobe. It's like, uh, Christine, <laughs> will you come here a second? Well, there's a really you're a gal, right? You you comfortable with this? <laughs> well, there's a really funny line in you know when when Sam and uh, and Jody confront or Judy Jody or Judy 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 confront her in the woods and and Kermit's character is just like, do you think I this is how I wanted to spend my evening? Do you think I like running around in red robes <laughs> doing this crazy stuff? Yeah. The ritual starts and all of the the cultists are chanting. Oh wait, nope, you left out an you left out an important bit of revenge. Oh. Oh, right. Because, um, yeah, because uh, Danica's back in charge and Gypsy Gypsy's attempt to run things has not gone well. Right. And Danica is like, 
I forgive you. I don't forgive you. Mm-hmm. You are going to drown terribly, you horrid little bitch. Uh, <laughs> and she does. Oh, yeah. She drowns horribly. <laughs> From the inside out, it was really well done. So a lot of it was her acting. She's just spitting out water and everything. But there's one shot where we see a, a silicone version of her head, and it's just, a, it's just spraying at like 1,200 PSI. Yeah. Water out of everything. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> hats um, off well of and, you know honestly like gypsy probably got out uh a little you know little probably got, got a lot easy considering what happens next uh they also we, we they to do the ritual they put salt all the way around and of course it's the big thing we don't want to can we come back to another checkoff gun moment here where we saw the salt thing earlier in the film yeah and now it's like oh Got to make sure that it's it's the line's unbroken. And then when Gypsy dies, her hand thrashes out, and she drags her fingers through the salt. Yes, creating a ba- uh, an opening in the barrier, which allows. A, so ba- the ritual starts, and here comes Baphomet, and he's a coming. And by coming, I mean coming. And and Sam is filling up with baby, and uh, that and, was that fast. Yes, that and fast. and it's everybody, and like even Judy is freaking out, and she's like trying to convince her mom to let her go, and like you know, I'll I'll just be somebody who breeds babies for you to use in rituals, and you know, and and all this stuff, and and uh, don't Rebecca, turn her vagina into a hamburger head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rebecca Romaine finally is just like, I'm so tired of this. And so she cuts her, cuts Judy's throat, which was very upsetting. You know, I felt yeah, bad. I wanted poor Judy to live. Yeah, me too. Well, for a character who starts off as being a clearly a rich, spoiled brat, mm-hmm. you know, who is clearly, he has, has been perfectly acceptable with this life of, of evil and murder up until the point where she was going to become one of the victims. You know, she actually ends up coming across as a fairly sympathetic character by the time it's done, mm-hmm. which is actually is, you know, a bit of a surprise really considering what an utter bitch she is to begin with, yeah. which is, you know, which is intentional. Right. But uh, yeah, also at this point, uh, uh, Sam has broken free and she's threatening to stab herself in the belly with the knife and they don't want her to do that. Well, no, that would be, that would be abortion. That's right. Yeah, that would be bad for the baby. Yeah, exactly. And especially considering the baby is, you know, a demon from hell. Yeah. Right. So they tie Sam back up on the altar, and they're going to give birth to Baphomet. And through this whole movie, I guess we should have mentioned the two fuzzy bunnies thing. Yeah. Whenever because, she gets nervous. Yes. Whenever she gets nervous, she she chants two fuzzy bunnies because her cancer boyfriend told her that that's a way to like help with her anxiety or whatever. And uh, so she's on the altar and she's chanting two fuzzy bunnies, two fuzzy bunnies, two fuzzy bunnies. And what does she give birth to? Two fuzzy bunnies. I knew knew that answer. And the cultists are not thrilled with this result. Well, I mean, what are they going to make of that, you suppose? (laughs) Right. The girl's like, what? Huh? And just when it seems like they're going to react poorly... Sam wakes up. Yeah, she wakes up in a uh, uh, in a you know she's all dressed in her normal clothes again, and but it's not like we you know this was not something that uh, has happened to her. She still got the makeup and the hair from the ritual, um, which I always thought was weird. Like, why are you gonna like 
do somebody's hair and makeup just to kill them in a ritual. Yeah. She wakes up, but it's pretty much like in the front yard. Everybody's yeah. doing this in the backyard, and she's like in the front yard now, and it's all of the sudden. Yeah. Dustin, uh, the answer to your question, Dustin, the answer to your question is style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, is that not why Satanists do everything? It's all about style and being cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Satan is the prince cool. So then that little girl in the white dress shows up and she's like, hi, Sam, I'm fill in the blank. Like, you know, whatever the demon's name is. Samazael. Samazael. And she's like, I am a lord of hell. And Bath- I'm way up here. And she like reaches way up high. And then she says, and Bathomet is way down here. <laughs> and like puts her hand really low and she says, and it's really against the rules to worship Baphomet before me. And, uh, and she's like, so thank you for bringing your, my attention to this. And I'm going to go kill everybody now. And then she's like, I'm going to kill you too, but I'll make it quick because you are sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam's I'm like, a big meanie. Yeah. I'm a big meanie. <laughs> and Sam's like, um, wait, <laughs> yeah. can I, can I recommend an alternate plan? Can you just let me go? And Sam's like, mm. the demon Sam's like, no. Nah. Oh, no. Look, let's, let's see what Mr. Bunny says. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so she picks up one of Sam's babies, the baby bunny, and listens to it. And he says, no, he says we'll kill you real quick because he's a meanie. <laughs> and, then, and then Sam remembers the rule of Sam's and uses that against her. We're both the whole original monologue too. Yes. Yes. The original copy paste. The guy used at the very beginning to get her to help him. And it works. Well, yeah, but Sam, the demon Sam looks at her and goes, I think you just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely serious. Are you willing to take the chance? <laughs> uh, well, no. totally oh. gaslighted her. In oh the yeah. There was, yeah. Which is, which is why I think that little moment even works is because instead of the, you know, it's, it's the demon looking at her and going, okay, you are completely bullshitting me right now. I mean, there's... Well, but there's, there's a, a whole history and tradition of stories about people tricking demons in exactly this way. You also have this whole thing where, you know, the whole demons have always had all these rules and yeah but there's like a history of stories about demons where they do this to yeah and to genies and to oh i do okay yeah there's a star trek episode where he does it to genius robots yeah well it's it's all the different deals with the devil it's the way that these characters get out of it is they exploit the rules or the rule of exact of the, you know, the exact line of dial, you know, the exact wording is, yeah. is finding the loophole. And it's for whatever reason, despite the fact we're, you know, we're all supposed to be afraid of demons of hell. There's a bureaucracy clearly in place that if you can just learn how to manipulate it, you're good to go. Right. Uh, and they even reference it earlier in the film where Judy's like, demons have all these rules and you have to do all these things. And so, I mean, and that's historically accurate in terms of in terms of the stories about demons. So it's kind of funny that you know uh, they lean into that and turn it into what is essentially a, a verbal gag. Mm-hmm. But Samazel does let Sam go. Mm-hmm. She Shall kills. She kills Mr. Bunny. Well, yeah, Mr. Bunny number one. Yeah, and uh, and and Sam takes Bunny number two, 
because there were two fuzzy bunnies, and runs. And all of the other cultists are killed by Samazel. Sam escapes, and Samazel, like, waves bye to her really cheerfully. And, <laughs> and Sam goes back to her pizza place that's just opening because she's been gone all night. And he's like, where have you been? And she takes her $5 deposit for the the heat bag or whatever it's called. And uh, and he's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm taking Judy Jr. and I'm going to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and then we watch her ride off, ride off into the sunset on her Vespa with her bunny. Yep. And, uh, $5 gas money. $5 <laughs> gas money. She's going to get to Australia, damn it. My money's on her, actually, uh, making it to Australia at this point. It's funny. It's a funny, silly little movie. It really was. And uh, everybody is clearly having a good time making it, which, you know, a lot of not great movies where you can tell people are having a good time. Yeah. Makes it a lot more fun. I wonder if those, I wonder if those like extras, those background extras, the, the Satanist group, though, I wonder if they had a good time. I have this weird feeling that 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 those Satanists had a great time on the set of this movie. Probably, I'm pretty sure that Rebecca Roman was there was cracking people up right and left. She's the guy with the atomic bomb man bun. <laughs> he looked so porn starry to me. Mm-hmm. Like I should know who that guy is, you know, but in a totally different context. Like they got the famous. You know, famous actor, famous actress. They're married. That's cool. All these really talented young people. Well, Gypsy was played by Arden Marie, who is a really funny comedian oh, who was on great. Mad TV. She's great. She's great. The guy who played... Uh, and she's one of the stars of the movie. Yeah. The guy who played the creepy guy from uh, the pizza place who was hitting all over Sam is A.J. Bowen, and he's been in... Uh, the Signal, A Horrible Way to Die, and he's i mean, hes a producer, he's an actor, he was in Creepshow 3. Oh, well then. Creepshow mm-hmm. 3, Hatchet 2, he's done quite a bit of, of horror stuff too, but I mean, he's, you know, it, this there's a pretty sizably good cast, in, I mean, Ruby Modine, Jordan Ladd, there's a story, I mean, it's a really, a lot of character actors who you see all over the place. And, you know, clearly, just again, the fact that they all have really great comic timing. Yeah. Rather enjoyed this. I would recommend it to others and you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I recommended it to you. So, yeah. This, yeah. This <laughs> recommendation. So, clearly, Dustin says no. I'm not recommending it to anyone. It was oh. just you two. You two had to suffer. No, it was, it's a lot of fun. It's- well, if it holds up to multiple viewings, then hell yeah. I um, honestly, it, and there were things that I picked up the second time around uh, that I didn't see the first time around, like um, uh, the part where they were in, she was in the closet and saw all those pictures. I don't remember that from the first time. And, mm. you know, there are, you know, she sees Samazel, the, the demon, like a lot more in this movie than I remember from the first time. To some degree, this film plays completely straight with the genre tropes. I mean, you've got the evil little girl, you've got, you know, the all the different rules of, you know, sacrificing a virgin and all these things. They're all in there. Yeah. Showcasing special effects in particular. 
mm-hmm. and it's but it's all played in this sort of completely deadpan, serious yet still tongue in cheek way, <laughs> yeah. where you can actually have you know Rebecca Romaine criticizing the parents of the other children for not murdering her own daughter. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's done in a certain just matter of fact manner that really makes these. In theory, everything that we're watching here is horrible. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's appalling and terrifying. And yet you you giggle where instead of, you know, the idea of, you know, yes, I, I told you to, these people to kill my child. This is something that you should be, you know, <laughs> this should be bad. And yet you're giggling when she's talking about it. Yeah, I like how they do that. They make the grotesque kind of hilarious mm-hmm. in this movie. Rather enjoyed that. Story wasn't bad either, you know. I, I give them shit about their stupid dialogue at times, but the story rolled right along. It was just yeah. fine. Well, and it's clearly meant to be, you know, almost a love letter to to bad horror movies. Oh yeah, um, and and yet it's the production value is pretty high on it, all things considered. I mean, the the film looks good, the performances are good. It's got great character actors and good special effects overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gore stuff is was fun, if nothing else. Yeah, and uh, so no, it's it's definitely worth checking out. And I think that uh, I think this is a good little path for us to run down. We'll just you know, diving into the the Fangoria catalog a little bit and see what else we can find here that we can get our hands on. Call it a season. There we go. <laughs> uh, and you know, because really, you know, Mind Warp and some of those other ones that that we know from the old days back in the video the video store days VHS. Um, we'll have to see if we can find some of those because those could be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I can guarantee you that my memory of any of those films is going to be probably greatly destroyed by watching them again now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. In probably a fun way. So we'll have to look forward to that. All right. Anything else you want to say about this film or shall we move on to next week? Yes. Yes. There's anything more you want to say about this film or no you want to? Move on to next week. It's yes, you. I know. I yes. When's the, what's the who? Excellent. All right, folks, we'll be back next week with another episode of Zompocalypse Now. Um, and we pick another one from the Fangoria catalog and see which one we come up with. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. And of course, if you'd like to leave us your comments, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find the show on podcast.com and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can give us a rating, which is always great. That helps you go find the show. You can leave us a comment there as well, which is also cool. And if you have, if you've seen Satanic Panic or have a recommendation for a film that you think we should watch, we'd love to hear that. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. As always, Dustin, thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. And Curtis, again, it is so great to have you back on the show. No, thanks, man. I'm having a blast. Cool. All right. Well, again, folks, we really do appreciate you listening, and we will see you next week with another episode of Zompocalypse Now. Hooray! Sweet. Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Productions. <laughs>